Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla86. He's Alex Regla at Alex M. Regla. You can, that's our Twitter handles for those of you that don't have Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. Would that be weird? If I'm just like, hey, I'm at this, and they're like, what the hell is that? It's like, who doesn't know about Twitter anymore? But anywho, that's my little rant, random rant today. Alex, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, dude. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we've been off for two weeks. I had a vacation, and then I was unavailable last week. So how have you been for the last two weeks? It's been good. Um, still trying to keep busy. Uh, still trying to... Uh, keep my mind occupied but thankfully basketball is sort of back with this whole bubble thing so we're getting actual lakers news again which is good i think i'm going to start finding myself following as many players as i can on instagram and twitter because it's been super entertaining like i didn't know i was gonna have to start following jr smith the first day but i messed up because i should have followed jr smith the first day uh it's been super entertaining (laughs) to have these guys back together you know it's it's one of the things where even in the off season, in a normal off season, there's still storylines with the NBA. The guys are still doing things. They're still in public, you know. Whatever, if it's a summer league, if it's a Drew league, if it, you know, whatever it is, during the quarantine, there's been absolutely nothing, nothing. You know, they're not allowed to be together. And if they are, they're going to get shamed for being together. And uh, now it's so nice to just see everybody back. And it, at least for the Lakers standpoint, it looks like their chemistry is right back. You know, we could talk. We'll talk about it later. Um, but I, I've just really really enjoyed having everybody back and seeing them on social media yeah just seeing like new pictures of the guys like it has felt like it's been i mean it has literally been months since we've kind of seen them out in the open or on a basketball court again so it's nice that it it definitely helps make things feel a little bit more normal again uh just seeing these guys back doing the jobs that they've that we're used to seeing them doing and uh are you surprised how quickly JR seems to already be fitting in with this team? I mean, that's just JR, right? Yeah. Doesn't that he just kind of seems like no matter what you think of him on the court, he's always been one of those guys that I feel like he just gets along with everybody in his own unique way. So I'm really not too surprised. I was surprised how open he was to criticize things right away. <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, I figured he would be a little bit more thankful for getting an opportunity, but I think that the complaining of the uh, initial whatever 48 hour quarantine has kind of succeeded now and it's it's now more looks like they're having a little bit more fun were you surprised at, at jr smith like kind of just jumping right into it yeah i guess not i think i think this season like you mentioned earlier the chemistry has just been so good all year that uh everyone they've brought in is kind of right away felt welcome and uh has adjusted really well like dion seems to have been the same way dwight right away fit in like incredibly well so, uh, I mean, Jr. might be the biggest test to this team's chemistry. Like, if if he kind of fits in and accepts a role, like, and Dion does the same, like, yeah, this this team chemistry is a ten out of ten. I mean, really, we do have a a bit of a meme team 2.0 again, but it's not producing the same amount of content yet. We'll see what happens once the games start. You know, obviously, the infamous Jr. Smith LeBron meme is out there, and. That, that could happen again. You never know. But uh, so far, so good. There has been a, a bunch of Laker news that has happened in the last couple since we've been gone. You know, uh, Avery Bradley has decided to opt out uh, for 
personal reasons. I believe his son has some sort of respiratory issue, and he just doesn't want to take the risk, which I totally, totally get. Um, and then Rajon Rondo broke his right thumb on Sunday evening, and he is out for six to eight weeks. Uh, so those are the two biggest obvious. And then Dwight joined him, which was obviously the third one. So that's kind of what's going. Cool. Oh, and then Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Quinn Cook crashed NBA 2K. That's another big one. So there's just a lot of things that the Lakers have have been in the news for. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I mean, J.R. Smith just signed a week or two. It feels like just recently as well. So like I was mentioning earlier, it's good to have Lakers news back again. Like some of it is definitely not as good as the other news. Like as much as we kind of like to bash on Rondo, we don't want him not playing because he's hurt. We just want him to not play because it's a coach's decision or something. So Right. I mean, we might, you know, this Caruso podcast that we are big <laughs> fans of Caruso. Uh, obviously, we, we're going to probably get to see him more, which is great for something that we've been asking for all year. Um, but yeah, obviously not in those circumstances. You don't ever want to see anybody get hurt. Luckily, it sounds like he, you know, is going to be OK and, and come back if the Lakers are still playing in the playoffs. Um, but that is going to lead us to our main topic. And then we'll get to a bunch of other things here today, too. Our main topic today is that. There is no Avery Bradley. There is no Rajon Rondo. What is Frank Vogel going to do? That's the biggest question. Who's going to take the starting position of Avery Bradley? Who's going to take Rajon Rondo's minutes? Who's going to enter into the rotation with two less bodies? Is it going to be a Dion Waiters? Is it going to be a J.R. Smith? Are we going to see more coups? Are we going to see some Jared Dudley? Are we going to see some Quinn Cook? There's a lot of options on this Lakers bench. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. You had a great newsletter this week, the Throwdowns. Um, check it out at Alex M. Regla. Subscribe uh, on your Twitter. Tell people what you talked about because it has kind of what to. It, it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about today. Yeah, like that just goes back to what you mentioned about the all the options uh, Frank Vogel has. So this week I actually wrote about the young guys. Like even the young guys might have a chance to step up here and Tht and Devonte Kaycock and just two other guys who could we could actually see get some playing time in those eight games before things get going but yeah i mean all this kind of goes hand in hand with what you mentioned with vogel like all year vogel's had to kind of shuffle the deck and kind of find the right people to to fill the spots at the necessary time and he's been able to pass that test every single time this is going to be another test for him and so far he's done well i'm just interested in see how which guys he kind of turns to in this situation. Right. That's really the biggest question because I think for a lot of people, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how, it, you know, we can obviously Frank Vogel's an NBA coach. So for us to be sitting in our homes and questioning his moves about playing Rondo over Caruso, you know, it's, it's just an opinion, but it, it has been a little bit baffling that he just continues to, he continued to play Rondo over Caruso so much when the, the numbers that you wrote about, when Caruso plays with LeBron, when Caruso plays with starters, the numbers are incredibly impressive in favor of Caruso over Rondo. So sometimes the numbers lie, but I don't think in this situation they do. I just think Frank Vogel's been going with a veteran hand, and that's really the only explanation that I have as to why he went Rondo over Caruso in the first place. Maybe the ball handling skills of it, but when Rondo is playing, LeBron's not really in. So... Um, I don't I don't know like LeBron so when Caruso plays with LeBron LeBron handles the ball so that shouldn't be an issue that's my point um, 
So it's been a little bit baffling to myself and probably to you too that Vogel, when the season didn't before the season got suspended, that he's been going with Rondo in the first place. So do you automatically now assume that it's going to be Caruso taking those majority of those minutes? For Ron, yeah, I mean, it, in the time being, I think with Rondo being out, Caruso's. If we're assuming that Caruso doesn't get slide into that starting lineup and kind of keeps his bench spot. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I think it actually makes more sense now that Caruso stays on the bench, don't you think? Because yeah, well, I ask it that way because yesterday on the Zoom call, Frank Vogel said, obviously it's an open competition for that starting position, but it does look like he's going to go with KCP starting over Avery Bradley. And I think that's what I was kind of preferring anyway. I think KCP's kind of uh, skill set fits better with the starting lineup. He's more of a spot-up shooter which is what Avery Bradley was in terms of where his offense came from. He's uh, he's not as good as a defender as Bradley or Caruso, but he does kind of fit in in terms of adding that spacing. If he gets those same shots Bradley got, he's going to be a better shooter in, in, in terms of points per possession, his field goal percentage. He's just going to be a better fit, I think, in that starting lineup. And then Caruso, especially with Rondo out, he's the only other guy who can actually dribble the ball up the floor and kind of initiate a set and you're gonna need that in terms of the bench i'm just like we've mentioned all year uh caruso's not the greatest uh on ball player like he's not the great greatest pick and roll player he could be turnover heavy he kind of gets stuck in the lane when he drives in so i'm actually interested who is actually next to caruso in the bench right is it gonna be you expect to see quinn cook play do you expect to see Dion Waiters get some minutes? Even though I think most of us didn't think he would get any, but now with those two players out, can his ball handling skills become used to the Lakers now? Yeah, and again, that goes back to the Vogel decision here. I, like, if it feels me, I think if you have a guy like Caruso, who's a really good defender, I think he's more of a secondary playmaker where you could throw him the ball with maybe like 10 seconds left and maybe run secondary pick and roll. But you want another guard out there, specifically maybe a wing or a two guard who can self-create for themselves, get make their own basket, create their own offense, create offense for others. And I think the only other guy on the team right now is Dion Waiters. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Crusoe Waiters uh, backcourt. Um, to go back to the Avery Bradley and Frank Vogel saying that KCP, he expects probably KCP to get the starting role. The Lakers did go 17 and three when KCP started in place of Bradley this year. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a good sign. And they posted a net rating of, of plus 3.4 in those minutes that this, those five starters played together. Uh, it was a drop-off from Bradley's play, but it's still a positive, and the record is still really good. Yeah, I think he's probably the closest in terms of the guys on the roster who kind of duplicate, like, not the defense, obviously, but just the fit. Like, where Bradley's offense came from, he was either coming off a screen or he was spotting up in a corner, getting a lot of corner threes. And you would have to assume KCP is just a better shooter than Bradley at this point in terms of just volume and converting. And so I think KCP is actually pretty underrated this year in terms of his offense and kind of his shooting overall. So if you kind of just slot in KCP for Bradley in this example, you would have to assume the offense gets a bit better. The defense probably gets a bit worse, but... A lot worse. 12.2 12.2 points better per 100 possessions with Avery Bradley in the lineup there you opposed, go. as opposed to KCP. But I, I was I was wondering this. I don't know if you thought of it, but you know when the playoffs come, defenses are obviously going to double LeBron or send extra help towards him and AD. 
I, I was always kind of worried all year with Bradley was what happens in the playoffs when defenses just leave him open and play off of him. And he's a guy who is super hot and cold. And uh, what if he gets cold for five games yeah. in a series where KCP just might be a better shooter? Well, how about last off season, which is not right now during the quarantine, the one last summer when me and you were talking and it, we never expected KCP to be a starter. We never expected KCP. It's the resurgence of the year that he had this year mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And I don't know if that's because, you know, the stars of the team put their arm around him and told the fans, like, hey, we got to support our guys. He's part of the guys. Basically talking to guys like me who just trash KCP all the time. So I don't know if it's because his confidence went up or just his ability went up over the offseason. But something happened this year to KCP where he's been playing really, really well. Uh, obviously, when you're asked to be a starter and play a lot more minutes, it's different than coming off the bench. So the pressure is different. But I also I don't want to forget that what's about to happen in Orlando in what is it, 17 days, 16 days? I we've never seen anything like this before in the NBA. Like I don't think that's getting stressed enough. Like we are all assuming that it's the Lakers versus the Clippers on july 30th and it's the lakers versus the clippers right but who knows what it's going to be when you're playing in a gym when there's nobody there except announcers and refs and there's no energy in the arena except the energy coming from your bench um and that's it you we don't know how it's going to be obviously watching it's going to be a different experience because i think kevin harlan today he said he's going to be there a broadcaster for nba tnt he says he does expect crowd noise to be played for tv purposes but the players aren't hearing that so you, I just think it's, we don't really know yet. I think these eight games are going to be very telling as to what to maybe expect. But I also do think that the teams are going to use it as a preseason to get ready for the playoffs. Obviously, some teams have a cushion to do so. I, I just don't think we're talking about the, the wild card aspect of who knows what's going to happen in Orlando. I, I mean, just look at the Lakers roster like now uh, versus what it was before opening night. Like, Cousins is not there. We have Waiters and Smith all of a sudden. Bradley's not there. Like, things change. And, I, you know, we're seeing it already in the bubble that some players, uh, like Rashad Holmes is going to gain quarantine again because of him crossing the line to pick up some food. Snitch line is in full effect. <laughs> I mean, look at the Nets roster now. Like, yeah. like, things can change tomorrow. So I'm not, like... I think they lost michael beasley today too yeah so predicting like any of the playoffs at this point or predicting like those eight games or what the rosters are gonna look like or the win-loss records or like i wouldn't be surprised if like a number one seed loses in the first round or if it's i don't know i think anything can happen in this circumstance it's one of those things where i hate the saying and the players use it all the time but it's true i mean one game at a time because literally you don't know if one of your teammates gets corona or, or, or they break a, a rule by ordering Postmates and they just cross an imaginary line mm. that, you know, they're out for 10 days. And that's that could be a difference that 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 who knows who. So I, I think what we're doing is obviously it's important conversation. I just wanted to stress the fact that I don't think that we can really know what to truly expect until they start playing. Um, another thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, the bench mob, right? Like who has a rowdy bench it's always great for viral videos on twitter but i actually think the bench is going to be a very important piece for energy this year yeah i think that's the only energy in the arena and it would it be awesome if you know when the lakers play the clippers if you know ben simmons and joel Embiid showed up and started talking trash 
like to all of them yes that would be fantastic but can you really expect that to happen i don't know how realistic that is but other teams showing up to the gym to watch another game and then start talking trash that could lead to some awesome things as well but i truly think that the bench the energy whoever's anywhere near is going to have to provide a lot of that spark that you normally see with you know arena full of fans Uh, yeah that's a good point i actually thought of that um and the lakers bench in terms of on and off the court have a lot of energy guys like dwight on the court you know obviously with his offensive rebounding and his his just defensive play same with caruso those guys kind of you know inject some life into to the team and even when they're on the bench just you know cheering or like rallying their their teammates on like that's going to be helpful and i think guys like jared dudley also is in the same category as this and i i can't wait to see jr smith and Dion waiters on the bench see what type of celebrations they have but I think that yeah. could be a benefit for the Lakers, actually. And then when we go back to the the main topic, what's Vogel going to do? You know, I think some people that there's players on this team that I think we were expecting to show up more in the playoffs that are kind of going under the radar right now, like Danny Green. Mm-hmm. Like, are we not expecting him now to score 15 points a game? Are we not expecting Kyle Kuzma to be a little bit more, a lot more consistent and play some defense? maybe possibly have to guard a you know a paul george type guy like someone that like physically maybe can match up i'm just trying to think of guys that we were expecting to be better in the playoffs or need more from them in the playoffs like that's still true but now maybe more yeah like a guy like danny green like you could also just expect more minutes from him like this season he didn't play that many minutes in terms of like his career numbers so i I think a lot of people forget that when avery bradley went out um and even with guys like Rondo, you have someone on the roster that you can just kind of spread those minutes out across to. And I think Danny Green's one of the guys who's going to be more relied upon as a veteran, as a guy who's done well in the playoffs in terms of his shooting. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then a guy like Kuzma, we we forget to talk about in terms of this is, this is going to be his first playoffs. We have yeah. no idea how he's going to perform. And it's, and it's not really a playoff. I mean, it is a playoff, yeah. but it's, you know... You know, you're not traveling. How how much is that going to affect an older player like LeBron? That's probably better, right? Mm-hmm. In that way, like I don't have to get on a plane every other day, every three days anymore. That's going to be beneficial. He hasn't had this much of a break in his career. That's going to be beneficial. Dwight Howard showed up, so now Frank Vogel is enforced to play Anthony Davis at the five. You know, only may possibly to close out games like like they've done with Howard and McGee on the bench. So I just think there's some still a lot of positive as the Lakers go because I keep reading. A lot of things, and it's just like, oh, Rondo and Bradley are out. The Lakers are kind of screwed. And I was like, I don't know if you, if you watch this season, Bradley's a big loss, but I don't think Rondo's a big loss. Yeah, I, I think it's just like in the aggregate, like it's hard to lose kind of key players, like right before, even though does it feel like the playoffs, an actual playoff series, like just for consistency purposes and kind of just guys already kind of know what roles they're in. And yeah, obviously Rondo has been pretty much like a negative on the floor this year but he also yeah. kind of was just uh, a part of this puzzle that put other guys in places where they needed to be and stuff like that and whenever you lose that or even bradley it's it's tough to replicate right away i, I think they're fine like like I, I think it's not really gonna be extremely hard to replace those guys in terms of the guys already on the roster but again it just goes back to this whole kind of central point that vogel has he's got to make some decisions coming here and thankfully all year he's done it i think i mean i don't think he gets enough praise for the job he's done this year 
Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, I totally agree with you. I, I have a buddy of mine who says like, doesn't matter how good the Lakers are. Frank Vogel's not a good coach, and he's going to get out coached by Doc Rivers. He's going to get out coached by by whoever. And it's just like I just don't think that you're watching this year. I think he does go with the hot hand, which to me is a sign of a good coach sometimes because you want to always go back to your to your wish to your well, right? You want to go back to what's working, but a coach that can realize like, hey, this guy's killing it right now. Let's play this guy. I think it's it's a good thing to have, especially in a situation like they're going in. Uh, one name that we haven't brought up today is Markeith Morris. He's also on the Lakers. Um, and we're not sure the status of either Morris twin. Um, the Lakers have not confirmed who is there and who is not. Obviously, if you follow them on social media, you've seen that LeBron, Kuzma, AD, Danny Green. Like you've seen who's there. But you also kind of haven't seen some guys. So just pure speculation. If you go to silverscreenandroll.com, the top story is Markeith Morris is the only Laker who has not been seen on photos or videos in the NBA bubble. So status is unclear if he's there or not. Uh, the Lakers have not commented and probably will not comment because Frank Vogel said they're going to kind of keep people's statuses uncertain indefinitely for privacy reasons. So if Markeith is there, how much of a role is he going to play? Yeah, I mean, people... I think Markeith also kind of went under the radar this year in terms of the guys they picked up, you know, off the free agency, like Dion and, and JR are obviously bigger names. They're more exciting players. But I think Markeith right away when he joined the team kind of filled that need of a big kind of wing defender that this team didn't have. Like he's not this uh, above average defender by any means, but he just adds that physical size they really missed. And, you have to expect in the playoffs, they're still going to have to face guys like Kawhi and Paul George, and that's exactly why they brought Markeith in. So if he's there or if he's not there, um, that I think he's still going to play a role here. Yeah. I mean, like we said, we don't know if he's there or not. You can see, Obviously, if you go to that article on silverscreenroll.com, there's a bunch of pictures up that's kind of tagging everybody that's there, and you just don't see him in the background. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But... Um, I, 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 I just think his size is important mm-hmm. because Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee are big, but they're very certain type of big, you know, whereas Markeith Morris has a little bit more flexibility on who he can and cannot guard. Uh, whereas Dwight Howard, AD, I mean, you're really going to put AD on Paul George? Uh, I mean, I thought AD against actually Kawhi wasn't that bad. I wouldn't be surprised if they go to that down the stretch. But also he's another shooter, and that's something this team doesn't really have in the front court. Like Kuzman yeah. hasn't been the greatest of shooters this year. Anthony Davis hasn't been the greatest of shooters this year. And then Dwight and JaVel are non-shooters uh, besides going for like one for two on, on the season. So mm-hmm. he's just an, like one of the few front court players they have who could actually spread the floor too. Yeah, I mean, because it's still at the end of the day, if you look at the Clippers roster and you look at the Lakers roster, the Clippers are deeper. It's It mm-hmm. really does, sometimes it really, it's probably going to come down to LeBron AD versus Paul George and Kawhi. But obviously, we've all seen in the playoffs when you're playing a seven, best of seven, role players make a big, big impact overall. So we'll see what happens there. All right, um, I want to ask you something because to me, so obviously we have no games, we have Zoom interviews that are not that exciting. What's exciting though, and what's cool about the bubble is the stories coming out of the bubble. Today, the NBA snitch line was trending <laughs> because Sham said a bunch of teams have been put on warning that they're getting tips about people breaking rules in the bubble. Obviously, you had two players 
had had to go into mandatory quarantine. Uh, one of them was from the Kings because he ordered Postmates and crossed an uh, invisible line. Uh, you got an Instagram model saying she's already been invited. You got uh, Spencer Dinwiddie from the Nets today doing an interview with Taylor Rook saying, uh, do not do, or what is it? Don't fly to LA or something like that. Like, which is basically don't invite models there. So, and then you people are vlogging, which is really cool. JaVale McGee is doing a vlog on YouTube. So you get to see a lot of behind the scenes there today. Him and Kyle Kuzma hit up the pool and did a water slide in Orlando. Dwight Howard going, being the only NBA <laughs> player at the DJ yeah. set was hilarious. Uh, let me ask you, uh, I just rambled a bunch of them, but what has been your favorite moment so far of the NBA bubble? It's tough. You know, it's only been, what, a few days, uh, really, yeah. with all the teams there. And already we've gotten all these moments, like you mentioned. Uh, man, I really like the JR kind of saga when he was recording on his, uh, I think it was Instagram Live, or I don't know what it was on exactly, but basically that kind of full story with him kind of getting the food, revealing his room, all the Lakers kind of coming out of their doors to, you know, also pick up their food. And then basically later recording and then having to apologize saying that someone or someone's already telling him to shut it down. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think JR is going to be a gold mine in, in this setting for sure. I told you, I started following him on Instagram as soon as you went live and I saw it. And I was like, All right, I got to follow this guy because he's the wild card. He's the one that, <laughs> that even if they tell him, literally the next day, he did an Instagram with Tristan Thompson complaining more about his room, which was hilarious. He was like, my window don't open. I got no balcony. My view's a parking lot. He was just still complaining about it to Tristan Thompson of all people. Um, but I, I, I think J.R. Smith is a must follow right now. It's a must follow. So you think that's that for for you has been your favorite for me? Yeah. What, what or do you, you have another moment? Do you have more moments? I would say either that or the Dwight Howard story. Just yeah. Just out, that's my favorite. I, I wish we had more uh, background on that. Like if he planned to go and just was surprised that he was the only one there. If he just kind of wandered into it or what. But uh, what do you like about that story? So I liked it because I thought it was hilarious that he's the only one that went. I think that's hilarious because that's such a Dwight thing to do. Like, oh, there's a party? There's DJ? I'm going. Like, I'm there. Expecting that other people would be there. But my favorite part is that he didn't leave. Is that he decided <laughs> to walk around and order drinks. But it also kind of scared me. Because, obviously, we've seen what's happening in Florida. And in a lot of places. Not just Florida. But especially in Orlando. And Disney World just opened to the public. Yeah. And in this bubble, which is the weirdest part to me of the NBA... So they're doing everything they can to keep their players and the NBA staff safe. But what they're not doing is testing employees in Orlando that work at these hotels. And the thing that scared me about the Dwight thing is when he went to order a drink, yeah, these 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 staff members are wearing masks, but that's it. Like they're coming from the outside world, which is so crazy to me that he was literally right there at a bar top ordering drinks from two bartenders, two girls just wearing a mask. And that I was like, wow, that's I, I never really I guess I didn't really know what to expect. But now that you're seeing visuals, you're like, there's going to be Disney employees all over where the NBA players are. So there's still a big chance that players can easily be crossing someone that has COVID. Yeah, actually, um, on Zach Lowe's podcast, he was talking to uh Malika Andrews, who's one of the journalists covering the the whole thing for the NBA, and she was talking about how, yeah, like there's Disney employees, there's bus drivers, like the 
the team bus drivers, they have to drive them to practice and stuff because some of their practice courts are across wherever they're from. It's not like directly in the hotel they're staying in. So yeah, there's all these kind of people in there you have to kind of keep tabs on and the Disney workers are just another... That, I think that's that's going to be the hardest part. I think those Disney workers, because they got to go home, right? And mm-hmm. then come back the next day to go to work. So yeah, is I don't know exactly what the testing protocol is for them or what, but the NBA players do have to kind of be aware of that and don't put them, don't be in situations they shouldn't be in. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting, and hopefully nothing does happen. But you never really know uh, with this virus. The, my other favorite one um, was definitely today, the NBA snitch line, and all the memes that came out, and everybody automatically blaming Chris Paul. It was a fantastic thing to see. So, what do you think? Like, what were they being snitched for? Like, what do you think that person was? <laughs> Like, that's what I was trying to figure out. Like, were they not wearing their mask? Were they, like, showing up at someone's home? Like, were one, like, the Yacht Club team showing up to the Grand Destino and stealing their food? I'm, I'm not sure what was going on. Yeah, because I, I think, I do think that if you're in Florida, if you're in Orlando, and you see, like, NBA players, like, fishing, like, you may not know that that's legal, right? <laughs> okay. So you might just be like, yo, these players are out here fishing, in wherever they're fishing because there's a lot of nba players fishing right now so i don't know i i don't know how much of them are credible and is this number public already like can i call no. the snitch line no it, it's just for the players themselves i believe i think it's just players yeah. snitching on either oh really yeah no like i like the like people from florida like well they can't even see what's going on in there to snitch it's more just the players Oh, walking well, that around changes everything, uh, then. snitching on if they see other players doing things they're not supposed to be doing. So it's players snitching on players. If I'm if I'm a player, and I was locked up because here's the funny here's the funny part about that. Let's not forget the Magic got there first. They were out of their 48 hour quarantine uh-huh. before any other team was. So if I'm a Magic's player and I'm bored, and I know that every player is that just arrived is in their bubble. Why not just fool around and call? Like, oh, I think I saw, you know, whoever at the pool table. Why not mess around? Is there is there fines for false snitching? I guess you can't prove it, right? Unless uh, they go to, like, security cam or something. Like, if they're playing doubles ping pong when they're not supposed to, I guess something like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess there's no way to prove it. Yeah. The doubles ping pong is probably as dumb as the NFL no jersey swap rule. <laughs> Like, I just don't get it, but whatever. I mean, Dwight was walking around that party with no mask. You know, he snitched on himself. I don't think wearing a mask in the bubble is even mandatory, it seems like, because JaVale and Kuzma were not wearing a mask in the pool today. Yeah, I actually was thinking the same thing. Like, uh, with that footage we saw of the Kuzma-McGee thing. Obviously, it's hard to wear a mask going down a water slide, but I, I don't know what the protocol is in terms of how often... I'm assuming is whenever you go out, you have to wear your mask, just like any of us. But a lot of pictures of kind of players walking around with no mask so far. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot different. Where I think, I mean, obviously, we're not. I don't think we're going to see NBA players wearing a mask while playing. But then if you look at baseball, there's already like some big name players that are trying to wear masks while playing, which is very interesting. Yeah, I think some coaching stuff. I think uh, Mike D'Antoni mentioned he was going to wear a mask on the sideline. So. Uh, like the players obviously i don't think the players are gonna wear masks and they're not practicing with masks on really so yeah you can see lebron's white beard yeah hopefully he just keeps the white i think it looks cool 
Like, he I looks mean, like... dude, he is 45 years old. Might as well just show it off. Just do it. Yeah, he, he looks, I think, way cooler this way. Uh, do you know what you're writing about next week? Uh, not yet, but I'm sure, you know, the next few days we'll get more Lakers news or something. And I mean, soon after that, we'll get actual games to kind of watch again, which will be fun. We're so close to games. We're so close to games. I hope this all works out. I think the NBA, I mean, they may, you know, there's an ethical conversation that I'm not trying to have about testing and them being tested every day and Floridians having trouble. Like, I get it. The NBA is a billion dollar companies that are just doing what they got to do. And they're doing it in a way that seems to be the safest of any of the sports coming back. Uh, so good luck to them, and I hope the games happen because I am very much ready to finish this season. Let's start the season, and then we'll finish this. <laughs> yeah, I, I just hope. Yeah, I, I, I think once that first game gets over with, and no positive results or anything comes from that, then it'll feel a little more real. I think. All right, Alex at Alex M Regla on Twitter. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla eighty six on Twitter. I, you know what? I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. One of the players is going to accidentally post the snitch line at some point online. Oh. And we're, they're going to get bombarded. I, I, I was wondering if there's like, like if people are taking bets yet, like who the first player that gets fined based on being snitched on, like who, who, who that is. Like, is it J.R. Smith or is it like a star player? Is it a guy like LeBron and people are trying to get him fined or suspended for something? I wonder, like, who's the guy that people are trying to Get snitch on? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. LeBron? I, I think it's got to be one of the stars, right? Like, there's no yeah. point of snitching on Caruso or anything like that. I, I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a whole other thing, too, man, because it's, it's, it's not news, so I didn't really bring it up, but, you know, the treatment of LeBron by the media is so crazy. Because you know, I, I, you know, Kawhi didn't didn't travel with the Clippers, and that he was like, it's a family matter. And to for me, I, it just kind of flew under the radar, right? Like, okay, he'll be there when he gets there. Just think about if LeBron didn't fly with yeah. the Lakers, and how how it just would have blown up that he's not there. What's going on with LeBron? You know, people always want to be you know respective in these times, but it's just it. LeBron is treated different, so I wonder if players treat him different if they're kind of tired of his shit or tired of him not his shit if they're t- tired of of him or if they look at him a certain way and like it would be interesting to see if players do rat on lebron more i mean just simply from a strategic purpose like you you wouldn't want the lakers to have lebron so obviously like i would have my whole team be calling up every single day that snitch line is leaving you can suspend lebron or not well, I'll tell you what. If the Lakers fall 0-3 to the Clippers, they better start calling saying Kawhi was out. <laughs> Kawhi was out. Paul George was out. They're a strip club. They better start snitching on everybody on that team. Yeah, they're ordering Postmates. They're doing all this stuff, playing doubles, ping pong, all, all yep. of it. <laughs> all right, Alex, we'll be back next Tuesday, uh, Taco Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this, and we'll see what happens by next week. Hopefully no more injuries for the Lakers, and we'll get some more clarity as games come around. Alex, appreciate it. Have a good one. You too, man.